0: People are going to be writing about us for the rest of our lives for me, and after we're dead. So I intend to either confuse the issue so much they never knew what was going on, or to try and keep shoving out bits and bits. So as whoever is bothered to be looking at it in the future, the people that really know will sort out, you know, they'll know what was going on a bit. There's a lot of books about the Beatles, a lot of theories, and I try not to read them. And whenever I do, the first thing is like, oh, that's wrong. Everywhere you go, trying to find out any little bit of dirt that they can write about you. Beatles is Beatles app. Beatles, Beatles, Beatles. It doesn't matter, you know, what what people say. You can't live all your life by what they want. Another Kind of Mind. A different kind of Beatles podcast by Another Kind of Mind. Hello and welcome to Through the Another Kind of Mind Lens, a look at the Beatles on film. (laughs) Stop! Stop
1: it! This is my line. I do the intros. Hello and welcome to Through the Acom Lens, a look at the Beatles on film. In our last episode, we discussed the TV film The Linda McCartney Story from the year 2000. And today we're going to discuss the 1985 film John and Yoko, A Love Story. Also, at the conclusion of this episode, we'll compare the two films and have a broader discussion of how the two camps, the McCartneys and the Len Onos, mythologize their respective marriages for public consumption. So definitely stick around for that. All right, are you ready for John and Yoko? I wasn't
0: ready when when
1: you told me that we were gonna
0: be doing two movies in the first place. Uh, I wasn't ready when I watched it. I'm not ready now. (laughs) Uh,
1: yeah, you can't really get ready for this movie
0: How long is this movie, Phoebe?
1: Oh, my God
0: No, seriously, when when the uh, stream came up on YouTube Because at the moment, it's, it's called, like, Uno Lennon de Yoko Legendario That's the <laughs> one I
1: watched, too Yes,
0: the same And uh, when I saw, like, 2.40, dot, dot I was like, <laughs> oh, is this, like, 2 minutes and forty? 40- seconds like a trailer or something i was like oh no it's two hours 40 minutes and i was like oh fuck you phoebe what what have you got me into right me
1: too remember i tried to weasel out of it i was like can we watch something else you're like no we've got a good theme let's not (laughs) abandon it
0: uh, generally, obviously, this is an untruthful propaganda piece. Did Lemmy Riefenstahl direct this? You know, you, you know what I mean? Like, oh, my God. This is a triumph of Yoko's will. Uh, this is still certainly the superior film, though, I'd say. This isn't about enjoying a movie, though. You don't watch this movie. You kind of watch at it, if you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah. You're just kind of going, okay, what does Yoko want me to think about this moment? How am I supposed to interpret this? What's fact Basically, and fiction?
1: yeah.
0: Um, we spoke about how McCartney had no involvement, or well, the McCartney estate had no involvement in the last movie. This is, th- this is history according to premiere Yoko, 100%. Absolutely. Just like real Stalin, people are executed off camera. People are removed from photographs. History is rewritten in the best possible light in the sense that it could only have ended with Yoko. There is no pre-Yoko scenes of John in black and white. It's the narrative starts months before they meet. And there's a little bit of parallel just, just, just before they meet, but this is John and Yoko meet, John dies, the end. It literally ends with John's death. Very bold, I thought. Uh, There are no scenes without John or Yoko. This is very focused. This is very uh, historical in that sense, in the sense that a lot of this comes from the, the, the recollections of someone who was actually at a lot of these Scenes and moments in history, and that means there is a lot of authenticity in some yeah. areas. Uh,
1: Yoko didn't write the screenplay or anything, but it, it does no, mean no. that because she was so directly involved down to the casting, I think that that does mean we can assume that this movie is told from her point of view. So, th- this is either her authentic or her manufactured point of view, right?
0: Yeah, but how much of that is Yoko even aware of like, I'm I'm not saying Yoko's a schizophrenic who can't discern fantasy from reality, but memory is a tricky thing. And these are very traumatic lives where lots of things happen. It, it's hard to remember more than 150 people and more than hundred events throughout your life. A lot of these things get blurred and I don't, like to say that this is a movie where yoko is changing history but it is presented in the best possible sure sure version of history like if this was a movie about my life most of the scenes would be the same i just wouldn't stutter you know what i mean it's just yeah that kind of presented light i guess
1: absolutely of course especially if you're telling something from your point of view you're going to advocate for yourself i mean that's normal natural and natural
0: yeah there isn't a scene where Yoko goes oh no maybe that bishop was right to resist my art piece you know it's like oh no, eh no never
1: never but again that would be her point of view so like she's definitely the victim of people's prejudices and people's you know conventional she's a she's a victim of the system who doesn't understand her art you don't get me, man. Yeah. These, it, the, these squares
0: yeah. didn't get me back in the 60s, so I'm going to make this movie to show them how wrong they were. Yes, about
1: that, that is the thesis of this movie. That is exactly what it is. It's a reintroducing Yoko to a modern audience, and it's re- it, it is essentially rewriting the story from a more sympathetic point of view, which in and of itself is is fine is good there's nothing really wrong with that and in general i didn't find the movie to be that aggressive towards anybody so like i i I felt there was generalized aggression against the establishment (laughs) but um it didn't go really hard on anybody except George Harrison.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. I need 20 minutes later on George Harrison all to myself. I've got yeah. so much to say there. This is my uh, like.
1: My main takeaway from this movie is that Yoko fucking hates George. Harrison. Like George Harrison.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um. At least, though, in, in the Linda movie, you've got one scene where Linda's like, oh, oh, by the way, they didn't like my singing, by the way. They don't really dwell on it. People might say I exaggerate, but I think there's about 78 scenes in this <laughs> movie where white bald men, British men, go, oh, she's so so indulgent. <laughs> right. And it's almost like she's reading her own reviews sarcastically, but you can't tell me that these aren't quotes she still doesn't think about today and it still doesn't bug her is she not successful enough to (laughs) to not make this movie about how people don't get how cool she is
1: no 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 like yoko most definitely feels like she is a genius brilliant artist she's underappreciated and that she needs people to understand how brilliant she is but she doesn't I mean, this is going to sound harsh, but her work doesn't tell that story. You know what I mean? It's not Mm -hmm. like she keeps reintroducing her work to make that point. She just keeps telling you that she's brilliant. And also she relies very heavily on people are against me for unjust reasons, like because I'm Japanese or because I'm a woman, which isn't to say that, there's Mm -hmm. that's not partially true I mean that's definitely true and also the uh trope that she broke the Beatles up yes those are definitely things that have hindered her success maybe as an artist but
0: but in in addition to that you suck yeah
1: I (laughs) right yeah exactly but in addition to that like the that's the thing is like I I like Yoko as uh, a recording artist. Not all of her stuff, it's not all top shelf to me, but some of it I really like.
0: Uh, yeah, but there's also the thing like, you know, there's the argument like, oh, there's so many unsigned bands that if they just had the exposure.
1: Well, they, exactly. They, they and she one. has oh,
0: she, she's had the exposure. She has
1: maximum exposure. In my opinion, she's surpassed her uh, maximum value as an artist, like meaning it's not that it's um, not without merit or it's not good, but it's just like, it's okay. It's not better than you think it is. You know what I mean? It's either you like it or you don't. And it's not gonna ever be to a huge audience. It just isn't, it's not that kind of music. And like like I said, I like it, but I like all kinds of shit. Like I, I am her audience. I am the type of person who would like Yoko Ono. Do you know what I mean? In terms of like getting her music to the niche group of people who like her, sure, that's one thing. But her sort of delusion that she's going to break out and be bigger than the Beatles is delusion. Like it's just straight up delusion. It's never going to happen and it doesn't deserve to happen because she's not that kind of artist.
0: Yeah, she's got the fan base of of Yoko Ono but she's got the capital and the influence of John Lennon and they the two are not really synonymous with each other correct and you've got to live two separate lives to be that person
1: but that tension is the source of why a lot of people don't like her and she will never accept that you have to realize that that is a big part of why a lot of people don't like her
0: Imagine, Again. Phoebe, if I was Robert Rodriguez's boyfriend and he okay. passed away and he passes away. Yeah. And then I spend all of my life saying how I invented Beatles podcasting and how I was the real pioneer and he wouldn't have been anywhere without me. No one would buy it. <laughs> I'd just yeah. get eviscerated. It's like, yeah, I've got my own little fans and I should appreciate them <laughs> and I do appreciate <laughs> them. Yeah. But, you know, he's something about the beatles you know well and there's
1: also here's the other thing too is like you know when people are like oh yoko's a feminist icon i'm like is she though <laughs> it, like, no, I, I, no, oh no 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 she's how so yeah, oh. like how so yeah. other like is she is she if you want to argue that she's like a boss ass fine I can i can co-sign that like that you're the wind beneath John Lennon's wings is not really the most feminist uh... oh,
0: oh, oh yeah, yeah you are the support for this man the greatest thing Yoko ever did was support some guy from Liverpool Yeah. well that's, that's,
1: that's, that's what I'm saying like pick a lane you know and also like if you're going to frame yourself as diametrically opposed to Linda who always gets shoved into the supportive wife role like
0: I was, about, I was about to ask you that without putting words in Linda's mouth and without me coming across this saying as a woman can you (laughs) But would i be wrong in saying that linda would totally be much more accepting of the role of being the wind beneath paul's wings
1: well yeah because she's not she's not competing with paul she doesn't want Mm -hmm. to be famous and she certainly doesn't want to be more famous than paul you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so that's not a thing like yoko wants to be a famous successful revered artist and she wants to be considered a genius you know like she's so thirsty for that there's nothing wrong with that like a lot of we all want you know to be recognized and all that kind of stuff oh yeah but some people some of us want to be famous and some of us don't you know she loves being famous linda's not that just isn't the same i'm not saying one is bad or one is good you know what i mean but but Mm -hmm. um with the Linda McCartney story. Like one of the things that I didn't like about it is how she was, they sort of framed it like she was um, pursuing the rock bands so that she could in further her career. She's pretty clear that she was doing that again cause she was an artist, cause she mm. was a fan of rock music because it sounded fun. Cause she liked to go to concerts and smoke weed and fuck hot guys. That was just a thing that was cool for her. She wasn't trying to make a big name for herself. And um, she liked being a mom. Mm. So she was happy to do that. This is one of my big pet peeves is how Beatles book frame it like, oh, Linda sold out. You know, like she just became wifey to Paul and gave up her career and stuff like that. And it's like, that's a choice. If she wanted to have kids, let her fucking have kids. That's not for you to make a judgment on.
0: Also, how many of the housewives have a number one cookbook, you know?
1: Well, and also that's that's what else is crazy. It's like she was in his band. She went on tour. She's on the records. She helped him write some songs. How did we turn her into just a housewife? Just because oh. she has kids, which is fucked up. That's literally like you're just projecting your own bullshit about if a woman has three kids, she's nothing but mommy which is, it's just factually inaccurate. We are watching her do 10 other things. She has a career that is more vigorous and involved than almost any other woman in rock and roll in the the 70s. And yet we're calling her a fucking housewife, slave in the kitchen. How? In what way?
0: Even if they are basic keyboard, just playing the chords. Did you play the chords in
1: Paul McCartney's band?
0: No, no, you didn't, did you? So,
1: it's all about cooking. I'm telling you, it's because she cooks for him. That's literally it. That's why everyone's like, "Oh, she's a traditional wife." Like, fuck off.
0: In those people's defense, cook of the house did no favors for that perception. But,
1: but like, <laughs> I mean, some people enjoy cooking, and some people don't. Male and female, both.
0: Okay, what's a, a stereotypically female female thing? Uh, cooking and fashion design. And then it's like who are the top people in those fields uh oh oh dear
1: it, as opposed to what what is the, yoko though yeah. yoko's a recording artist so is linda
0: arguably linda's had more, more success, success if if you just take the idea that she's got an oscar-winning song songwriting credit that's already more successful than anything Yo- Yo- Yoko's
1: done she's a primary member of winx besides paul And Denny, she's the only member who's been in every incarnation of Wings.
0: Has Yoko been in every incarnation of Elephant's Memory? She's been in zero
1: because John and Yoko were not part of Elephant's Memory Band. Elephant's Memory Band were their own band who backed up Yoko and John. So Yoko's never been in a band.
0: Speaking of backing members, let's go into the the people who made this Yoko-John film shall we say we'll call it a film in quotes john yoko (laughs) a love story now the writer is also the director and i love a good writer director combo Mm -hmm. uh, because it implies someone with a greater degree of control but we know that that's not what this person's going to have because it's a yoko produced (laughs) film um the original script was by screenwriter edward hume And the story goes that Yoko hated it because it depicted far too much drug use.
1: Mm. And
0: so he was unceremoniously booted off the production. Uh, And both the writing of the teleplay and the the directing of the film went to Mr. Sandor Stern. Sandor Stern does have a few credits to his name, including writing the original script for the Amityville Horror back in the 70s. Wow. Um, But he is just a yes man. Let's not mince words here. Again, very workmanlike, competent, and yeah. flashy direction. Though with all the footage you'd have to shoot for this behemoth of a movie, you'd have to get someone in who can do a kind of yet yeah, that'll do one and done kind of <laughs> <Yeah>. shooting style. <laughs> Does it matter that you know their legs are all out of sync on the Abbey Road cover? No, it doesn't. Just next shot. You know you could have had uh, the Trauma guys doing this one. Also, Yoko's influence goes on to the soundtrack as well. Uh, Yoko's presence means that we get access to probably 20, 30 songs in this. None of them are the original recordings. Again, uh, they are versions of I'm not sure who by. But, you know, the movie opens with a version of Imagine that sounds Close enough, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And if you've got people playing them, the idea that you've got other people singing the songs kind of
1: works thematically. I, I think so, yeah.
0: It's also done much better in this one as well. I'm not sure if the actors are singing live a la Les Mis or anything, but it's all done good enough, I'd say.
1: Particularly Yoko's songs, I thought, oh. were done really well. Like Death of Samantha... They did Kiss, 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 which was, in my opinion, better than the um, Jack Douglas version. Sorry, Jack Douglas. Uh, Walking
0: on Thin Ice. They did
1: Walking on Thin Ice, but they did some early stuff. They used Oh My Love essentially as John and Yoko's love theme. (laughs)
0: Because
1: they brought it in uh, several different points in the movie, like when they were focusing on romance, which I I thought was a very nice (laughs) choice, actually, because... For me, it is his most lovely love song for Yoko. And the the cover version that they used in the movie was pretty good.
0: I got to say that the most interesting part of this movie for me was the fact that the soundtrack was not chronological. Because oh, we, interesting. Are, we are brought up in this world to think that it's 1964, so there'll be She Loves You yeah, and yeah. it's 1967, so we'll get Sergeant Pepper. But, you know, we're in... Was it like we're, we're in Rishikesh and we get, don't let me down.
1: Wait, oh no, sorry.
0: It, it's, I want you, she's so heavy. Oh,
1: that's right. Oh, that's right. That's right. Which is uh, a wild choice. That is a wild that's so, no, choice. No, that's so
0: Yoko in a good way. It's so cool. It's so different. It's unlike anything I've seen in a Beatles biopic like this. And I was like, oh, okay. At least someone thought about something for 10 seconds about one element of the movie i'm i'm quite interested
1: yeah well it it's interesting because the most egregious revisionism is in the first act and it's all before before they become a couple so it's it's everything that happens up to let's say the white album right that's all the stuff that is a little bit of truth peppered in with a lot of bullshit that first act was hard we're, we're fed that bullshit like Do you know who that was? John Lennon of who? The Beatles. I don't know what the Beatles are. You know, there is definitely no Yoko going to Paul's house to ask him for a manuscript. Like that's not happening there. Paul's not even, he doesn't even enter the movie, really.
0: Oh, no, no, Phoebe. So uh, just a bit of background story from my life. My dad went out with my auntie for a year before he went out with my mom. Oh, wow. And like that for me is the Paul and Yoko backstory, mm.
1: and, and
0: like they they cut that out the way I cut that out of my dad's eulogy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, it's,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> it's just a part of the history that we we just don't talk about, ladies and gentlemen. We just we just don't talk about it. That is part of the overall overarching. This is how Yoko wants you to uh, think about this this right. uh, history,
1: and it definitely changes the real story i mean if i'm writing the bullshit version then i'm gonna cut that out for sure because it complicates things a lot
0: especially in their in their portrayal of mccartney
1: the whole trip to india is so ridiculous at one point (laughs) the maharishi is giving a lecture and john is off in the corner
0: laughing reading
1: yoko's oh like fawning over her postcards and Cynthia's giving him the stink eye from the corner like oh also John in India like absolutely blissful has no interest in meditation has no interest in anything other than Yoko he's sitting there masturbating to her because he's so incredibly horny for her and in love with her He's singing, you know, I want you in the background. And also no mention of him being suicidal. There is no mention of like, I'm Jesus Christ at a board meeting. There is no mention of like all the LSD trips, like none of that. There's no Yoko.
0: There's no Yoko keeping him up with her phone calls until three a.m. every night.
1: There's no like Cynthia having to change her number because Yoko's calling so much.
0: Come on, like (laughs) this is the. I mean, we 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 mentioned the word glossy for the last movie, the Linda McCartney story, but I, I guess on average this movie is less glossy, but in certain key areas, very calculatedly very specifically there are huge rewrites as as to what happened
1: yes this movie is a million times more sophisticated than linda you know the linda story also like uh, the people who whoever's making the linda story they don't really have an agenda they're just sort of making a made for tv movie to to entertain some bored people at home on, on Friday night like it's not you know this this has a deliberate agenda to to reframe Yoko in the public eye and to mythologize John and Yoko as the greatest romance of all time so the first act of this movie does exactly what it's supposed to do it portrays Yoko as captivating a true artist a successful artist for god's sake there's a scene where John's at Weybridge in like 1967 watching TV and Yoko comes on TV as if she's on TV regularly because she's so famous, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so John is immediately drawn to her, immediately fascinated by her. From the get-go, he is absolutely entranced.
0: The whimsical music when she's following, uh, following him around, her uh, uh, indica gallery exhibition in yes. 66 with that orchestral strawberry fields forever was so cheesy uh, also in that scene john seems to be wearing his costume from the rubber soul album cover photo shoot yes for, some fucking for so it,
1: for no reason yeah
0: and like are you telling me that when john bit that apple that joker went how dare you john lennon that is very inoffensive She <laughs> went. <laughs> That is that is what she did. She spazzed out. Like again, she's so calm and collected and gives this erudite telling off. That's exactly what she wants us to believe happened.
1: Is that supposed to be a real story that he bit that apple?
0: I've heard the biting of the apple. It's it's very hard to believe, isn't it?
1: First of all, if that, if he really did that, she'd be within her rights to like slap him across the face. Like that is so incredibly, so incredibly disrespectful to an artist to do like he literally took a bite out of her artwork that's fucked up no but do, do you not
0: think that that's also her trying to subliminally tell the audience that she's involved in apple
1: oh of course it is of course it, first of all can we give magritte a little bit of credit like that's where the apple comes from it's not from fucking yoko get out of here um but if he really did that it's not a meat cute that's terribly Terribly disrespectful. What an asshole. If he had actually done that.
0: I felt like there were multiple times in this. I can't think of other examples, but I felt like there were other examples of like Yoko subtly implying that she was behind other stuff. Like an example, me just being silly now would be like her saying, you know, ah, John, that you know, across the universe. And then he goes, Oh, that's a good turn of phrase. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. There's so much of that, and it's a lot a, a lot of it's implied and unprovable in court, but I definitely felt it.
1: <laughs> well, that's definitely a Yoko. Um, that's like a bee in her bonnet. I mean, she's been pushing that for a long time, that she's the brains behind the John and Yoko operation. I think the movie shows him basically falling in love with her at first sight. She's very, very lovable and attractive in this movie. Like you understand why he likes her. And also he's pursuing her so hard. And she's like, ugh, kind of grossed out. Mm-hmm. She's kind of like, I don't know. Uh, please step away. I'm a very serious artist. <laughs> and, she, and then eventually she's like, well, if you're willing to give me money, I'll take it. Because I see that you're an ardent supporter of my work. If you're taking my work seriously, fine.
0: And uh, when they do get together and their love is requited, uh, it's Yoko who says, We have other people to think about. It's well, not John who says that, you know. But no, no, no. Like Yo- she, she needs to cover her ass in that particular moment.
1: Well, Yoko in this movie is always thinking about her children. Like she is always thinking about Kyoko and always doing her best and doing what's best for Kyoko.
0: She's not just whacked out on heroin for three months and going, Kyo who.
1: You know? oh no no not at all in fact heroin is not even introduced until after the car crash in Scotland when they're doing Abbey Road this is the first time that heroin even comes up
0: and it's blamed on Paul kind of like oh but Paul's upset
1: me I'm gonna do heroin Fine. oh I don't remember that I thought they blamed it on the car crash.
0: No, I thought they they were doing heroin after Paul did something with the... No, 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 no. The heroin comes when Johnny... Paul
1: is singing, you never give me your money.
0: (laughs) And he finds out that he no longer owns the rights to his songs. He goes, I don't even own my own songs anymore.
1: Yeah, so heroin is brought up literally like right before John writes Cold Turkey. They portray it as if John did heroin for one week and... There's a scene like where Yoko abstains. She's like, "No, I can't do that. I'm pregnant." Thank you.
0: I'm not. I'm not going to have another miscarriage because of heroin or
1: anything. Yeah,
0: exactly. Oh, we're not going to touch on that. We're not going to touch on how John beating her may have caused a miscarriage. Yeah, thank you. Oh my god, it's so glossy.
1: There is a lot of time spent on Yoko trying valiantly to be a mother but life is unfair and everything is against her and none of it is her fault like there is a scene where she goes oh kyoko hates me which is not exactly the same as saying you know it's my fault (laughs) but um what i'm saying is there's an attempt For her to have to show a little self-reflection and for her to be like, oh, I'm I'm an awful mom, kind of, but not really. Most of it is poor Yoko. Like there are so many scenes of her crying because she's had a miscarriage that definitely was just bad luck and had nothing to do with her own actions, or John's oh, actions.
0: Oh no, Thieves, both of these movies total about seven hours of women in hospital beds crying. <laughs> oh my God. It's, it's true. In, it's, it's, oh my God, a, Sam. It's an aesthetic fetish for this genre. Of oh like, my
1: God.
0: I'm not saying for these characters to be powerful women that they can't cry because they're dying.
1: <laughs> right, right, right.
0: Who would just show one moment of strength Can we talk about Mark McGann now?
1: Yes, please, please.
0: So, yeah, Johnny Boy in this movie is played by one Mark McGann, veteran UK TV actor, and he also has had experience playing John Lennon before. He played Mm. John in the first version of the musical Lennon in Liverpool in the Everyman Theatre. And when he was talking about the role, he said, they didn't want a lookalike or a copycat. If you can choose a double, the whole image can disintegrate the moment you open your mouth. However, Yoko herself went on to claim that when Sean heard Mark's voice, it sounded so much like his dad that he freaked out, with Sean being a quote of saying, he looks like dad with the glasses on and sounds like him. Oh, my. Um, it was an all right impression, I guess. Um,
1: I-, I thought he was a pretty good. John, he wasn't too
0: cartoony. I feel like when he got angry, like you know, when they're at the, oh, the bed, yeah. like at at the bedding, it's like you know, you you thought me and Yoki would just be here in bed together, like it, it, it oh, yeah, was he was really like, good there. doing really the quite... flippity
1: flop or something. He said something like very but, G-rated. Do you think this is a significant form of protest?
0: Well, it attracted you here, didn't it? <laughs> Come on, let's be honest. You came here because you thought you were going to see me and Yoko leaping for peace in bed. <laughs> but the moment we get to a scene where there's not stock footage for him to refer to it does get a little bit wobbly, I guess. Uh, the more source material the actor has to work with, I guess, Um the better he is but he wasn't the original actor either mm-hmm. uh the original actor to play him was a <laughs> this is such a great story he was he was called mark Lindsay chapman and apparently according to the rumor mill uh yeah. yoko had him fired because he sounds too much like mark david chapman and when asked about this john mcmahon uh the Carson's productions executive uh, that made this film said I feel very bad for him because it's not his fault, but it would be bad form. I mean, would you do a love story about John F. Kennedy and Jackie Onassis with an actor named Lee Harvey Oswald?
1: So the story that I thought was that he had, he dropped the Chapman part uh, and then he actually was fired. He was hired and then he got fired when Yoko they found, found out.
0: out. Yeah. Oh, so Did, he oh, went I... in, like saying like, like, I'm Mark Lindsay or something like that. Yep, oh, no. yeah.
1: And then, yeah, I can see why she'd be freaked out by that, though. It is kind of bad Juju, for sure. It is to be fair. Oh, my God. It's such a quinky dink as well, though, isn't it? It's a creepy, yeah. creepy coincidence that I don't like and definitely uh, Yoko wouldn't like.
0: Uh, Mark Lindsay Chapman would later go on to actually play Lennon in the movie, uh, what was it? chapter 27 from 2007 where Jared Leto plays Mark David Chapman so he did finally get to live out his dream oh, oh guess, really? many, many years later because oh if you play a Beatle once or even if you're cast as a Beatle once it seems you get roles in perpetuity in the future um, we've touched on Yoko already. This is a kind of, uh, chibi, super cute, super feisty version of Yoko. Maybe, uh, Uber Yoko would be the best term for it.
1: I really thought she did a great job though. I was at first, I was like, when you see the print picture, like I saw the stills and I was like, Yoko, please, you know, like, get over yourself. <laughs> like, but I thought the actress did a great job actually.
0: No, for, um, a casting choice where it's very obvious that they've picked someone uh, far more conventionally attractive for the magazine covers, I guess. But she actually brought a lot of gravitas to the role. I'd she say. did,
1: and she did a really believable Yoko. And but like I felt like she got sort of, uh, you know, Yoko's cadences and stuff down.
0: No, there is a Yoko voice distinctly, and to do it without sounding like. Parody or an, you know, yeah, offensive. no, so well, same difficult.
1: like the Beatles. It's hard to do a Beatle voice. I mean, to, without turning them into a goofy cartoon,
0: I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> They're hard. I mean, if you're doing an impression of a famous person, it usually sounds like you're doing an impression of a famous person. No, I, I find it much more easier
0: to suspend disbelief with this movie, even though the facts of each scene may have had the potential to draw me out of each scene i guess the truth of the overall narrative and the characters within it you know even if this isn't our john and yoko this could be john and yoko from earth one a b from a slightly different parallel dimension yeah totally i totally believe in that story
1: i agree i agree i thought it was really successful there and like i said like I totally understood why the screen John Lennon fell in love with the screen Yoko, for sure. Because she was...
0: With the um, screen Yoko, yeah.
1: Yeah, like she was a passionate artist. Like it was sort of charming the way that she was sort of clueless about everything, you know? Like she was clueless to his fame and because she was just so focused on her art. And I liked her a lot. I, I really liked this Yoko a lot. She didn't really have any bad features at all.
0: The only scene where she's shown to be a bit of a dick is against the the bishop, but again, that's coded as if to be that he's just this stuffy part of the establishment, intelligence yeah. And
1: well, she she loses she loses her shit briefly, but it's in it's in a passionate defense of art. So you you you're like, all right, yeah. She's fighting for our truth, you know.
0: Uh, actually I I wanted her to to calm down, please madam
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> You are
0: causing a scene. What about uh, Paul and Linda in this movie though? what did you think of that?
1: Yeah, we need to start with that. So I was surprised <laughs> at how Paul was portrayed because he came off to me to be, Very adult, very compassionate. Yeah, I thought he was portrayed really well and and wasn't nothing was blamed on him.
0: So would you say there's an attempt, at least more of an attempt by this movie to kind of portray that Yoko accepted that there was this thing between John and Paul that she would never be able to recreate or have or replicate with john i guess and that there was something kind of different about john and paul
1: i don't know but i know that paul was definitely not villainized in this movie he came off as way more um thoughtful adult compassionate and accepting than george harrison for example who was straight up portrayed as like an antagonist
0: oh we're nearly there thieves don't worry we're <laughs> nearly there. George I promise you I promise. but
1: what I thought was this is the most absolute most fascinating part of the movie for me in terms of like the messaging right that's going out and knowing what we know about later years and I say this is somebody who's who's done a lot of work sort of tracking the various messaging put out by Yoko Versus Paul in the last, Mm -hmm. say, like 40 years, okay? Because after a certain while, Yoko has really leaned into that version of like, John had to leave the Beatles for artistic reasons and all this sort of stuff.
0: We should point out, this is 1985. This isn't the year 2000. Right. Like the Lynn McConnell one. John's only been dead five years. Uh, Paul and Yoko are not officially Kissing and making up for the sake of Apple in the public sphere. No, no, no. Either. But
1: Paul and Yoko are at kind of um, they're at an interesting point in their relationship at this time. In the in the early eighties, they have a tenuous but sort of genuine attempt to be kind and understanding to each other. I think I think that actually Yoko really likes Paul, and you know wants a relationship with him
0: that sounds classic of always the new person in a threesome dynamic i guess you know yes
1: yes and it was obviously fraught and difficult you know during john's lifetime for you know a variety of reasons Mm. some obvious and maybe some not i don't know but um after his death i think yoko really wanted a, a relationship and They sort of go back and forth in terms of how well they're getting along. You know, there are little wars that develop between them in terms of uh, legacy and messaging and all that kind of stuff. But at this point in 1985, this movie does not lean into that whole, like John had to leave the Beatles to develop as an artist and spread his wings. That is completely absent from this movie. The main point of that first act is that John fell crazy in love with Yoko to the point that he kind of didn't care about anything else. Mm -hmm. And he sort of just fell out of the Beatles, according to this movie, had nothing to do with any musical differences, had nothing to do with any conflict with Paul. There's actually a scene at some point when John and Yoko and Paul and Linda are at dinner They're talking about Alan Klein and Lee Eastman very calmly. And John's like, well, I would like Alan Klein. And Paul's like, well, I will not have Alan Klein. John literally says, I don't blame you to Paul. Like those words were scripted and they come out of his mouth. I don't blame you. And then they reenact the divorce meeting, which we can talk about a bit more in a minute. But um, again, John just says, listen, I'm going to leave the ban, but I'll keep quiet about it to keep you know business running as normal and then he leaves and he goes back to his life with with yoko or whatever but then sometime after that after cold turkey and whatnot they show a newspaper that says paul quit the beatles and john is angry and he goes damn it mccartney he made this announcement to sell his record and yoko who goes john who are you mad at paul or yourself
0: and then, i remember that yeah
1: And then he's like really distraught. And he's like, I just can't believe it's over. And he's actually upset. This is so contrary to the narrative that comes out later where John is dying to leave the band. He has nothing in common with the Beatles anymore. He has to go express himself with Yoko artistically. He couldn't wait to be rid of Paul and the Beatles. This is a completely different story. Here, he's like heartbroken over it. I was shocked it, that they that they did that.
0: If only you'd spoken about this topic and in some sort of breakup series or something no um, <laughs> <laughs> definitely no this this is so your realm of expertise here. Whenever we cut back to the studio, it's only ever to hear Paul going bump, bump, bump bump, 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 bump on the piano, doing something really muzaki and annoying i definitely saw that. I, yeah i, I that's your felt t- like you was trying to paint him as uh, uncool not 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 as a bad guy but he's definitely painted as uncool definitely
1: if that was in there then it was subtextual it wasn't textual and this is a movie that it's, there is not a lot of subtext in this movie like this is this movie is very like one dimensional the other weird thing is there was no focus on Plastic ono Band or Imagine, which I found shocking. Again, at the end of when John's like, I can't believe the Beatles are over. And then he plays God on the piano and then that's it. And then they just go to 72. And I was like, what are you kidding? Like the, the entire Lennon estate. Like 95% of the London estate hinges on Imagine and Plastic on a Band. They do not touch either one of them. There is not a scene of John composing Imagine in this entire movie. There is no, the we, you know, piano, walking around yeah. Tittenhurst with their fur coats and, you know, all that iconic mm-hmm. bullshit.
0: We get like two minutes of the concert in New York, which wasn't released as an album until like years after this movie came that out. That
1: gets more screen time than like, there is zero mention of Arthur Janoff. There is zero. There's no primal scream. Oh my God! It's not even mentioned. <gasps> I didn't even there's think n- of that. Oh there's no God. Janov. There's no Lenin remembers. There's no how do you sleep? Uh, there, there is no conflict with John and Paul in this whole movie. He, how did you not notice that? <laughs>
0: no, the Janov the, the stuff's crazy, but the uh, the lack of like too many people and stuff like that. That's a great middle point for the movie. Surely that's a great bit of drama. Cool.
1: They skip all. The, there's none of it. At the same time. There there is no, like, for example, in the Lyndon McCartney story, um, they have that scene in the mid-70s. Paul and Linda go to the Dakota and they have dinner or whatever.
0: Hmm.
1: There's none of that in this movie, even though it's two and a half fucking hours long. There's nothing about John and Paul becoming friends again in the 70s. Nothing about it at all. That it, we're erasing that. That it's it's as if once the Beatles are done. John literally has no other thoughts except Yoko and her beautiful mind. And then it's his son, Sean, the love of his life. But at the same time, that resolution of his problems with Paul is not an issue. His problems with Paul aren't an issue. They are never shown having a fight. They are never shown having anything. John never talks about Paul outside of like, the band that he's kind of in and that's
0: it Mm -hmm. yeah he's not like a friend from outside of work at all he's just some colleague who mildly annoys him
1: nobody has any impact on john's life whatsoever except for yoko yeah
0: and then the only impact he has for other people are people who he talks about it from his past in these horrendous soliloquies like it's written really weirdly it makes john look like a complete asshole whereby Mm -hmm. every every situation so uh john i burnt some potatoes today did he ever tell you about how my mom <laughs> left me in liverpool you know it, it it's it's so awful and it's yeah like, it's
1: just ham-fisted exposition
0: again like what john didn't tell yoko the story within the first 30 seconds <laughs> right like, right, like, like like i feel like when you meet john lennon it's oh hello my name's sam oh hello my name's john did I ever tell you about how my mom left me <laughs> in liverpool like Speaking of uh, people who uh, don't get any screen time at all, uh, Linda gets, is it one brief cameo in this film?
1: And I I was like, who is that? Glossy surfer girl with huge tits. And she's wearing like a page boy cap or something like really. Although, you know what? She's wearing a page boy cap in the Linda McCartney story too. What is that? I've never (laughs) seen a picture of Linda wearing that. Where did that come from?
0: you've got to be in the know you've just got to be there you know and, and anyone who's a real friend of Linda would know that you know the the biggest thing in her life besides being a mother was an age <laughs> cap collection <laughs>
1: um
0: let's talk about George though this is what it's all been coming to For uh, uh yeah. George in this is played by one Peter Capaldi who you will know as either the 12th Doctor. Uh, as, as one of the uh, Who uh, doctors in the um, uh, zombie movie with Brad Pitt, whatever that was called. Um, oh, what was that called? That's, that's really good. But yeah, he's in that. But he's yeah. also uh, Malcolm Tucker from The Thick of It, one of, uh, one of the best UK TV series ever. And when you hire Peter Capaldi for a role, you you need to understand that he has this innate anger and intensity that he brings (laughs) to every role Mm. and he's quite one note in that sense like he plays angry really well but that translates to george harrison being demonically furious for the (laughs) throughout the inter like his eyebrows are fixed at a uh, 10 they they'll raise the entirety of this movie
1: well then that's good casting because that was George Harrison
0: but they, they even recreate the scene from Let It Be where it's like look if whatever you want me to play I'll play it. if you don't want me to play I won't play it but it's just Peter Capaldi it's like whatever you don't want me to play you (laughs) bastard I won't fucking play I hate you but again
1: see that's a good example of like and how does the 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 on-screen Paul just just sort of like nods maturely and it's just like I understand I get it and 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 like sort of walks away
0: Yeah, for every time uh, Yoko could have took a swipe up Paul in this, she seems to... She didn't take any. She redirects it, (laughs) pushes it towards George. Like, you know, George is shown leaving the band in this movie, which I thought was quite interesting as well.
1: But I think that that's... I think that's her real feelings. George does have a lot of little digs at her in this movie. Uh, Like you said, everything in the the studio is George being like, what the fuck? Why is she here, you know?
0: Yeah, there's one line where it's like, well, I don't know when we became the five Beatles.
1: In another scene, he's like, maybe we should all bring our girlfriends in. And, you know, he's always the one taking pot shots. And Paul's just like patient and trying to he's just like the dad of the movie, (laughs) the dad of the band in this movie.
0: They also missed out on a great opportunity for a joke, because obviously George says maybe we should bring all of our wives to the studio. The Ringo character should have turned to him and went, well, as long as you don't sleep with any of them, that I feel like that would have been a great nod and a <laughs> wink <way> to, <laughs> to, to, to the audience there.
1: When the Linda character shows up and talks to, to Yoko, I was like, oh, like I was like bracing for something horrible to happen. And there's nothing. He goes, hey nice to meet you I read about your uh work I really look forward to seeing your work or something like she just comes off as like super friendly Mm -hmm. and nice
0: again very strange that swipes weren't weren't taken there but how much of this movie could be Yoko again this is me just being negative and trying to outthink the thinker how much of this is just her going, OK, if I don't take these swipes, how much better will that do for my reputation? If I if I give my true truth here about how bitter and angry I am at these people, that's only going to do worse for my reputation. So if I look like I'm this Dalai Lama lotus position, K Sarasara kind of figure.
1: I don't know. Maybe. Um, Like, I don't want to discount that. Like, it's possible. And there's also a possibility that she's like, I don't want to provoke paul and i don't want to get into a thing with paul so i'm just going to be nice and let that you know let let it ride and also paul's super famous and successful and he has a lot of fans so maybe there's also like what's going to be gained although they didn't mind going after him in the early 70s so who knows but um i'm of the opinion that because they were they were getting along pretty well and they were both trying really hard to get along in that period i'm of the opinion that yoko really likes paul actually i think she wants to be in in the circle in the beatles family and she wants paul to like her i mean i think she wanted paul to in, to bring her into the band you know i'm firmly of the belief that this could have all played out differently if people had played their cards differently you know what i mean <laughs>
0: Uh, if they'd have just done like one Yoko, John and Yoko song on Let It Be, but it wasn't John and Yoko who presented the idea. It was Paul going up to John saying, you know, uh, I've talked it over with George and Ringo and we think you and you and Yoko should have one song on the second side. If he would well, just said that
1: the Paul, whole
0: world could be different. for you. I
1: mean, <laughs> let's not get it twisted. Paul has the ability. Paul has the power to make that happen if he wants in the Beatles if paul had consented to it it, anything could have happened but again it was because of how she was brought in you know because john used her as a wedge it it was it was never going to happen that way you know no
0: i I, I mean uh, yoko had already been weaponized by that point right right. exactly if you see someone as a weapon, you're going to have your defenses up and it's, it, it's such an awful self-fulfilling prophecy. And as with so many Beatles stories, you're like, Oh God, if they only knew about postmodernism and they could look at themselves and go, God, aren't we just a product of our time and being silly and just move forward and be cool. But case or are again, I suppose.
1: Oh my God. Can we talk about that? Oh my God. John and Yoko do their first, whatever together and then john has that hissy fit because he's like experiencing vicariously racism for the first time in his life
0: oh god okay (laughs) oh no he
1: says liverpudlians are the n-words of england i'm like liverpudlians
0: are the n-words of england i've 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 talked to my friends about this i've talked to people of multiple age groups just for this episode
1: oh my god
0: some some people have said yeah liverpools were not high up on the chopping board in england but it's like that might be the most hilarious thing John Lennon may have ever said. Oh I
1: literally screamed and threw my headphones off. Like, I, I, I took a walk after that. I was like, wow, I can't believe they put that in a... Like, take it down a notch, movie. No, Over but the again, top.
0: how how much of that is Yoko trying to say that oh. she in, in, influenced woman is the N-word of the world? Again, I felt like there was some kind of...
1: I actually liked her in it because she was funny. Because he throws this stupid hissy fit and she's like, whatever. Oh, okay, yeah. Are you? yeah, exactly. She's like, have you just figured out what racism is, John? Congratulations. And she's like, bro, I'm getting hate mail from Japan, too. Like, it ain't just, because Eng- he's going up about England. He's like, the colonialism in England, whatever, whatever. And she's like, bitch, every place is racist. Like, John, well, is welcome to the a, world. He's
0: such a pick-me-boy there, isn't he? Oh, my God. He's like... Like the me, worst. Yoko. Like me, oh,
1: and you, also I, like, I understand
0: your plight.
1: It's not the like that's classism, you dumb fuck. It is not the same thing. You don't get to just call whoever you want the n-word. Like that's not that's not what that word means, you stupid asshole. Yeah,
0: it's not like you went to the Queen's uh, Royal Variety Show okay, you in you in the bottom row, clap. You in you in the top row, eat your ham sandwiches. Like I I, I don't. I don't get what it's it's such an out there (laughs) such an out there quote and I can't believe it even made it into the script the only reason it must have is the fact that it did happen (laughs) it's so ridiculous it had to because why would Yoko keep it in the script otherwise
1: yeah I don't know yeah well first of all somebody else wrote this um but again it's like really do we really need a white man's perspective of somebody else is experiencing racism. And but I don't mean the screenwriter. I mean, John's like, we don't even get to experience racism through Yoko. We have to experience it through John. Like, Oh God. No,
0: but it's just like how the, um, the, the miscarriage scene is, the writer's perfect opportunity to bring up the loss of his mother. And it's like, oh God, this is- That's this terrible. Is a, this is a bit <laughs> gauche, isn't it? My
1: yeah, word. exactly. Like stop co-opting people's traumas to make it about yourself. <laughs> my God.
0: Because again, I'd like to think that John, despite being a megalomaniacal asshole, probably had a bit attacked. And whilst Yoko was recovering from losing a baby, maybe he didn't bring up his mom. Although, you know that one bit where he was talking about Bridget Bardot and how yeah, he, yeah. and he liked to have girls be blonde and stuff. I reckon that's something he may have actually said to her to cheer her up at some point. And make, oh,
1: sure. But yeah, not
0: sure. in that exact context. <laughs> like, yeah.
1: I mean, I think it was supposed to be kind of cute. And let, let's just say...
0: <laughs> oh, I get why on paper that scene's cute, but yeah, you know, like you couldn't put that scene in Schindler's List. You know, like it, it, you've 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 got to have a context here.
1: And and in this stupid movie's defense, it's it's 1985. So, you know, the way we talk about issues like this is way different than mm-hmm. it was in 1985. It just is. You know, we've learned a lot since then. Let's put it that way.
0: <laughs> oh, for real, yeah. this is a
1: different time. And it's like it's in 1985. And it's telling a story from 15 years ago, so it's all. So you know what I mean? It's like we've also progressed. 1985 has progressed slightly from 1970, and mm-hmm. it's and we've progressed immeasurably since then. I mean, it's been almost it's been 35 years. The world's changed a lot. They really leaned hard into Yoko the mother and like there was so much time spent on her pregnancies that she where's was
0: Kyoko where's Kyoko it's yes like, this is not mentioned in anything else that I've like I barely even knew this was a thing
1: right let, let me say two things about that like first of all it's completely believable to me that Kyoko is a more important part of yoko's life than has been portrayed in beatles bios for sure you know because they're not concerned about yoko's point of view at all you know in a lot of ways this is the first time the story has come from yoko's point of view so it it is reasonable to me that for instance kyoko is a bit is more important to the story from from her point of view i don't even know what kyoko looks like she's adorable I've never even seen a picture of baby, baby, little Kyoko. I don't know what adult Kyoko looks like. I'm sure she's still gorgeous. No, no, I was just wondering because, like, she's not in the spotlight like uh, Julian or Sean, you know? Well, that brings up another good point, which is that Julian is fucking nothing in this movie.
0: Oh, no, no, Julian gets one scene where his dad teaches him guitar chords and, yes. that, make, and that makes up for abandoning and beating his mother. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And there's one scene where John goes, you know, you've got to be a good mom to Kyoko because I wasn't a very good
1: dad to Julian. And it's like,
0: you can still be a good dad, you dickhead. Right. Go back to
1: him right now totally. with millions of pounds. Yeah, he is alive, John.
0: I mean, what's up with the whole, like... Um, kyoko being like having to, to get like private investigators to track her down and stuff that that seemingly should just be a movie in, in and of itself
1: yeah well but it it's i was a little bit surprised how much they went into it like i was surprised like how much of it they're legally allowed to go into um because you know they showed them grabbing her this movie is a hundred percent on John and Yoko's side at all times. It's like <laughs> you know you can't kidnap your daughter from your husband. And John Lennon in real life expressed some regret. He was like in the 70s, he was asked if he regretted anything. He said that was the only thing he regretted.
0: I can't believe it was such a part of the movie. I read, I really can't, because it, it just in terms of like narrative structure, there's no payoff. Um, it's true, and like you know, how you were talking earlier about how, like, I don't know why John and Paul seem to miss each other so much, they don't show any scenes of them together. There's nothing that shows why Yoko is particularly close with Kyoko whatsoever. It's just like she's my daughter, therefore, I want her. Just a shot of. Yoko combing Kyoko's hair or something.
1: I honestly believe the only point of having all that in this movie was to create sympathy for Yoko. This yeah. poor woman got her child taken from her. But honestly, like, I side with Tony. Like, I feel bad that Yoko, you know, um, <laughs> can't see to, her child.
0: He's trying to live his life, and this crazy bitch is nicking his kid off him in Spain?
1: Like, Seriously? <laughs> and like, he her and John Lennon are like doing heroin and no you can have uh, supervised visits Yoko
0: a movie from a different perspective and a different narrative here would show a kind of relentless marital abuse cycle
1: John and Yoko have zero problems in this it it is exactly like the Lyndon McCartney story there's no no issues between them in a conflict yeah there's no yeah there's not it's it's all the it's all the outside world that doesn't understand their love that's the whole movie and then you're supposed to walk away going like what a shitty world and also john cheated on Yoko once because nixon won re-election
0: yeah what a great excuse that's one of my favorite (laughs) movie excuses for having an affair (laughs) ever Sorry,
1: I sorry, I just had I had a bit of a tricky dicky. That's all I'm saying. That was absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> uh, their whole separation was so ridiculous.
0: And like there was a, a hint of I'm sending May Pang with you, but there was there was no sense. Of <laughs> yeah, like, I still know John needs to get his ya yahs. I'm gonna send someone who knows what the deal is here.
1: John's like, I can't go, Yo. I can't be separated from you. I will die. And she's like, don't worry, I'll send May to take care of you. And that's <laughs> <Okay>. it. <laughs> yeah.
0: I guess I can't live without you, bitch.
1: Okay. And, and you're, yeah. you're like, oh, well, that was so kind of her. I mean, she, she had to send somebody. I mean,
0: thank God Yoko sent a living pocket pussy with, 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 exactly. with John. Exactly.
1: We made sure to write a scene where he sleeps with some other woman while May watches going, oh, didn't miss that, did you? <laughs> gotta make sure. Gotta make sure that that May is nothing special. Uh, I, the, all of
0: the lost the lost weekend stuff I thought was particularly terrible. Yeah, it, it, was, it was. It was really.
1: It was really awful. And every t- every time we cut back to Yoko, it's like she's composing on the piano. <laughs> okay, <laughs> may I just ask, have you ever seen Yoko play the piano in real life?
0: No, but obviously the most famous thing about the song "Because" is that she can play Beethoven backwards.
1: Well, anyone anyone ever asked her to replicate that? And and how many times have you heard she's a classically trained pianist? Like uh, it's like a cliche. We've heard so many fucking times that Yoko is classical, classically trained pianist. I have literally never seen this woman who has been famous for fifty years. I have never seen her playing the piano ever, not once.
0: Um, I was thinking about the uh, Linda movie earlier today. I've never heard audio of Linda shout. No Linda shouting. No, no Yoko on piano. But we've got a lot of fucking Yoko shouting and a lot of fucking Linda on the keyboard.
1: (laughs) 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 It's true. Like, I'm not saying that she can't. I'm saying I've never seen it. Anyways, so yes, she is shown composing on her piano every time saying she toured Japan and stuff like that. And then at some point he he calls and he's like, please let me come home. I really can't stand having fun and making music and <laughs> reconnecting with my son and Paul McCartney. This has been the worst time of my life. I can't stand to be without you. And she goes, no, John, the world hasn't changed. So again, it's it's because the world is bad. That's why they're apart. I don't know if you picked that up. I made a note of that, that again, it is the world's fault.
0: There's no attempt by the movie to say that maybe Yoko was pissed off with John and she wanted to get rid of him or maybe shock horror. Maybe John was a bit fed up with
1: Yoko. Oh, well, that will never, never be approved by Yoko. She went to great lengths to make sure that the story was always that, sh- that she kicked him out. That's she's dying on that Hill. And she
0: let him back. He didn't t- win her back. She reluctantly regrettably re- picked up the role of the housewife again. Is there a scene that doesn't have an ulterior <laughs> fucking motive? <in> this
1: <laughs> There's just so many layers of bullshit, but you know oh, no. john changing diapers and you know baking they, they, were, bread. they were
0: making up for lost for lost time it's like oh right. my god uh, like okay so tomorrow we're gonna shoot the john and being killed scene and then we're gonna wrap up production okay cool um did did we write those scenes that show that john's a person not worth shooting to death on the streets in cold blood oh no we didn't oh okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. somebody find a baby uh And then we're going to film 50 shots of John and Yoko walking around uh, uh, New York, recreating the watching the wheels go by music video. And it's like, ah, oh my God, they're having such a perfect day together. I hope John doesn't get shot six times in the back.
1: Yeah. There was no hint of nuance. There was no, there was no anything. It was literally just like absolute sheer perfection and bliss John has never been more fulfilled in his life.
0: Yeah, it's not like he was a stay-at-home millionaire dad who could probably just sack off the actual child care, child, or thing, and just watch TV and smoke weed all day or anything. Yeah. It's like, no, no, he was he was playing catch twelve hours a day. Yeah, for four, for four years. Like,
1: yeah, he absolutely. Do a better dad. <laughs> yeah, right. That's the
0: biggest lie of this fucking movie that John Lennon was a good dad.
1: Like between that and between poor Yoko having so many miscarriages because the world is mean, it was pretty rough. Now, I will say, who does this hurt in the end?
0: That, the, you know, you, you know what? It's it is quite harmless in the in in that sense, uh, yeah. because you know what? Uh, maybe the Harrison camp that would yeah. be. About <laughs> yeah. it.
1: Because if but, anybody comes off as a villain, it's George Harrison. And that is but nobody else gets really bad treatment. Even Alan Klein, like you know.
0: Yeah. It's so it's so refreshing that Paul isn't this caricaturish villain because it would have been so obvious and maybe even that was a stylistic choice, not even for political reasons. You know, Yoko chose to not use the songs chronologically to go against the grain in that sense. Maybe she just turns to the producer or the writer and goes, maybe we don't need to do the whole John versus Paul thing. Maybe we can find something else to go with. And maybe that's why there's not as much drama
1: there's no real interpersonal conflict except for tony now tony gets pretty rough treatment oh
0: oh no he's he is one of those characters that you just feel sorry for it's like you're getting such a rough end of this whole fucking story dude i'm sorry man
1: i was surprised at how respectfully yoko's parents were portrayed that
0: was weird oh no no there was one scene where she was with her dad and she says what do you think of john and he goes well, you like him, so I will think good of him. And I was like, oh, I'm crying now. I'm sad. (laughs) That's really cute. Um, But when when John's walking with Yoko's mum, this had to be something that really happened because she was like, oh, you need to get her to show her forehead. And then John goes, how does one exactly convince Yoko to do something? I'm like, he yeah. totally said that.
1: That was very cute. Although I will say, Sam, I filled in John's line for him. I mean, you could see it coming a mile away. But it was affectionate. And like, I, even I felt affectionate. But yeah, that I mean, considering that Yoko fucking hates her parents, that was really weird. And we don't see her
0: dad near a classical piano at all either.
1: I mean, I could get why she doesn't want to trash her parents on screen i I thought it was
0: brave that she touched on the fact that she was born with a platinum spoon in her mouth i thought that was a very nice turn turn yeah
1: yeah me Um, too there was no uh you know bullshit going on with that there was there was no struggling artist story but you
0: know that if she hadn't have had miscarriages and was a struggling artist then she would have milked That angle just as much, you know. uh, No matter what happened to Yoko, that's why I'm not that uncomfortable speaking about this. I feel like no matter what unfortunate tragedy would have befallen her, that would have been the basis for the narrative structure of this movie. No matter what
1: happened, yeah. She did, um, she did really play up, she really fabricated, let's say, how successful and famous she was before she met the beatles though
0: oh yeah like you know that that bag cutting one at the start it's like it's like a packed theater it's like oh
1: yeah 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 they did do the cut piece i mean that's re- I, like i liked that because that was a real thing and it was it was like it was covered like there were people there but sh- but it's portrayed in the movie as if like you know it was primetime tv like 80 million viewers saw it or something there's a great di- There is a big difference between being, you know, the, <laughs> the, hot, the, the hot band here. at CBGBs versus, you know, top of the pops. There's a difference. So I don't know. I just, I wish she could just embrace the fact that she was not well known and that she was known amongst her, her little niche group of people. Like she, I'm not saying she had no accomplishments as an artist, but why are you so obsessed with like numbers? Like why are you so obsessed with this idea that you were famous? That is one thing that I really don't, I don't find appealing about Yoko. And it's kind of it's kind of counterintuitive against her whole like, I'm not, you know, I'm so unusual and I go against the grain and I'm anti-establishment and all this sort of stuff. And it's like, but you desperately, desperately want to be famous.
0: Isn't that clearly why George fucking can't stand her then? Oh, yeah. You know, like George, the man, George is aloof. George is supposedly above it all. He is beyond fame. He's beyond drugs now. He doesn't like any sort of hangers on and he's only focusing on the spiritual. And then when he sees this person who he feels is quite clearly along for the ride, he, he didn't varnish any opinions. And I don't blame him for
1: that. Well, and Paul too. I mean, how how seriously are you going to take somebody who came to your house, asking for manuscripts, and then pretends like Doesn't even like know you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, I don't I don't assume that she pretended that to his face. Surely he would be like, hey Yoko, what's up? By the time John starts bringing him around, he knows her pretty pretty well. I mean, they all know her by that point.
0: You know what? We said that the Linda McCartney story needed Diablo Cody writing it. Maybe for a Yoko and John one, we need someone more like Sophia Coppola to come in and, and, and just come in and stylize the fuck out of this, make it really, really dark, really, really interesting, really intriguing. Yeah. And, and kind of add that Hollywood flair to it, that production value that I know Yoko would want again. Yoko be very happy with the Netflix series.
1: I say this as somebody who generally likes Yoko. You know what I mean? Like,
0: I generally don't dislike her either. I don't know her work enough, but I cannot stand the the "quote unquote" haters. It's, well, it's it's, it's, it's so tiresome. Done. It's, it's, it's done. So, yeah. It's done.
1: But um, even having said that, like, she is a complicated person, and and her role in the Beatles is very complicated, and at times problematic and that's just true what i don't like is this sort of like oh we were just innocent you know no one is innocent in the story (laughs) no one is innocent like it's it's very complicated everybody did things that weren't perfect the dumb stuff is is the idea that like she just came in with this master plan to fuck everything up and he's just a patsy and all that all that kind of stuff but their love story is complicated. You know what I mean? Like there is a lot of weird stuff going on with it. It's not straightforward and it's definitely not Hallmark. They've got infidelities, handpicked mistresses and they're, you know what I mean? Heroine, yeah. Yeah, right there. there's, there's weird manipulations. There's cutting John off from his family. There's like, there are things that aren't flattering. Those are real. There's abuse. Of course, they're they're not going to make a movie about their lives and put all the abuse in it. That's fine. They don't have to do that. I get that. But what we were saying with this movie, like, who does it hurt? Right? Who does it hurt to put out a sanitized version of your life? It doesn't hurt anybody if you're just telling your personal story. But when it starts affecting other people, like if if John the John Lennon in this in this TV movie is a hundred percent pure yeah. completely pure of heart at, at all times will only just occasionally do something questionable because he drinks i mean how many times in this movie does yoko say john you know you can't drink like even his his occasional uh, breaches of perfection and grace are blamed on alcohol or Richard Nixon or the system, like the society who doesn't understand him or whatever. Like if that's the story you're telling that you're, that you're always pure of heart, that means that everybody else is going to be a villain at some point. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like any of the conflicts that happen with the Beatles, it's like if John and Yoko take zero responsibility for anything that occurred, then logically it's got to be somebody else's fault so that's when it starts to become a problem
0: yeah and just just in the sense that she needed to be there to provide love for john implies that there was no one loving john already like there is no scene where john and brian epstein show closeness there is no scene where john and paul show a closeness the only thing we get is john calls ringo richie at one point (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, right. That's about and how it. about Mimi? She gets one scene and Oh she's... no,
0: she she's got the line of the movie though. And I've this this has made a few of my friends laugh already. His name's Sean. Oh, don't saddle him with an Irish name. <laughs> oh jeez. <Yeah. laughs> that's so funny. Oh. She she would have said that though as well. I know she would have.
1: Yeah, I think she did. I think that's a real line.
0: Yeah, I mean, so obviously. John's forgetting about Irish people when he's talking about the the n words of England. (laughs) Yeah, right. Obviously.
1: Thank you so much for listening to this special episode on John and Yoko: A Love Story. Make sure to tune in to bonus episode number three, where Sam and I will compare and contrast this film with the Linda McCartney story. And of course, if you haven't already, make sure you check out Sam's podcast, Paul or Nothing links are in the show notes.